Preaching on purpose. Remember, we've been doing that during this year. We've talked about worship, evangelism, discipleship, fellowship. Remember that? Now we come to ministry. The final purpose, life purpose. God loves variety. His creative nature is clearly seen throughout His creation. Did you know that there are over, and they're still counting, over 300,000 different species of beetles on the earth? 300,000! If it had been me, I would have thought one. There would be plenty. In one cubic foot of snow, there are 18 million different snowflakes. And each and every one of them is different. What, there's like 7 billion of us now on the earth? And again, no two of us are alike. We have different fingerprints, different voice prints, different DNA. Each one is unique. See, God loves variety. It's part of what gives significance to His creation. Shaped for significance. This morning we begin a new series of lessons that will take us throughout the five Sundays in July. And in this series, we will be discovering and developing our shape. S-H-A-P-E, where, as you see, it stands for in your notes. The S is your spiritual gifts. The H is your heart or your passion. The A is your abilities or talents, skills. The P is your personality or temperament. And the E is your experiences in life, both good and bad. And God uses these five things to shape us, each and every one of us, to be the unique, one-of-a-kind individuals that He wants us to be. It's these five areas of our personal lives that make each person the distinctive person that he or she is in God's eyes. There is no one like you. There's no one else like me. You are called by God to be the very best you (laughs) that you alone can be. We are each and every one of us a significant creation of the Master Designer, God Himself. We are shaped for significance. And today in our first lesson, we want to focus our attention on the S. How my spiritual gifts shape me. Follow along in your Bible as I read Romans chapter 12. We pick it up with verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, different spiritual gifts, according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, 
Let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. When we choose to become a Christ follower, God gives us three gifts. Write these down there in your notes. The first gift is eternal life. Eternal life. Paul writes in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Secondly, God gives us the Holy Spirit as a gift. Romans 5 and verse 5 tells us God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our lives with His love. And then thirdly, God gives us spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Here in today's text, Romans 12 verse 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And it's this third gift, our spiritual gifts, that we want to talk about today. An important part of our God-given shape, the first part of how we are shaped for significance, is the spiritual gifts that God has given to us. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1, Now about spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Well, that's my goal. I don't want us to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. So what can we learn about spiritual gifts? Let's build our thoughts around three main points this morning, beginning with explaining my spiritual gifts. Explaining my spiritual gifts. What exactly is a spiritual gift? Well, let's begin with a few things that a spiritual gift is not. For instance, it is not a natural talent or ability. We'll talk about our abilities in the third lesson in this series. And it is not an acquired skill or craft, something you go to college or trade school to learn and develop. And it is not a general role of responsibility. Like what? Well, like evangelism. Evangelism is every Christian's responsibility, right? Now, the interesting thing is there are some who have the gift of evangelism. That's where it gets a little confusing, perhaps. So what is a spiritual gift? Notice the definition there in your lesson notes. A supernatural capability determined by God's grace and given by the Holy Spirit to a believer to enable and empower him or her to perform a specific ministry for the Lord and His church. Let me read that again. A supernatural capability determined by God's grace and given by the Holy Spirit to a believer to enable and empower him or her to perform a specific ministry for the Lord and His church. Now there are basically four passages of Scriptures that list spiritual gifts. Our text today, Romans 12 verses 4 through 8. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16, and 1 Peter 4, verses 8 through 11. You see them listed in your notes. From these four passages and others scattered throughout the Bible, scholars will list anywhere I found between 9 and 30 different spiritual gifts. Just a little side note here. Actually, I don't believe that we can even be certain that that list of gifts is meant to be exhaustive. 
I mean, it seems to me that they're simply a representation of the different kinds of gifts that God gives in order to enable us and empower us to serve Him. I mean, let's not forget God is God, and if in a particular situation He should choose to give someone a new and different supernatural capability that isn't listed in these passages, well, that's His right. He's God. Over the years, however, I have come to personally identify 28 different spiritual gifts from the Bible. Grouped into four distinct categories. You'll see them there in your notes. The first I call speaking gifts. Speaking gifts. Prophecy, teaching, evangelism, exhortation. The second are what I call supervising gifts. Supervising gifts like leadership, apostleship, shepherding, administration, faith, and missionary. The third are serving gifts. Serving gifts like helps, mercy, giving, discernment, poverty, hospitality, encouragement, knowledge, wisdom, craftsmanship, writing, celibacy, intercession, and music. And the fourth category we call sign gifts. Sign gifts like tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, and healing. Now, time doesn't allow us in a Sunday morning lesson like this to define each of these gifts this morning. If you would like to dig in a little deeper on your own, I have provided, in fact, a take-home lesson sheet for your own personal study on the table in the lobby. You can pick that up on your way out this morning. I'll come back and reference that again in just a moment. But that brings us to our second main point today, and that's expressing my spiritual gifts. Let's talk about expressing my spiritual gifts. What does God want me to do with my spiritual gifts? Three things at least. Number one, we need to discover them. Discover them. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1, Paul urges us to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. In other words, each of us needs to eagerly discover exactly what gift or gifts God has given to us. We should know. You should know with absolute confidence which gift or gifts God has given you. And if I were to walk up to you and ask you, so what are your spiritual gifts? You should be able to Rattle them off just like that. If you ask me that question, I would tell you it's teaching, administration, and leadership. Those are my three gifts. I have no doubt about it. God has affirmed that again and again. And as we eagerly desire our spiritual gifts, how may we discover the specific gifts that we actually have? I think basically there are two steps. First, we discover our gifts by examination. We can discover our gifts by examination. Begin, of course, by praying for God's wisdom and understanding. Then study all the Bible passages that deal with spiritual gifts so we have a biblical foundation for our discovery. And then read some Christian books or resources on spiritual gifts. There's a whole bunch of them out there. Good stuff. And then take a spiritual gifts test. Now this is where I come back and I reference again what's in the lobby. There are two sheets out in the lobby. One of them is a spiritual gifts test. You can actually take this home and in the space of about 15 minutes you can assess what spiritual gifts you may actually have. 
This test is not conclusive in and of itself, but it's a tool to help us in the discovery process. I encourage you to take one of these home. If you have never discovered what your spiritual gifts are, boy, take this test this week. If you have discovered your spiritual gifts in the past, then just reaffirm them by taking the test once again so that you have a clear understanding of what your gift or gifts are. Take this assessment out there in the lobby and take it home with you and do a little homework. Um, I'll talk about the second sheet in just a moment. Then seek some counsel and some input from some other believers. I think after you've taken that assessment, you should go to two or three people who know you well, fellow believers, and you should ask them to affirm, are these actually your gifts or are they not? Because other people sometimes can see even better than we can what our gifts may be. So first of all, by examination. Secondly, we can discover our spiritual gifts by experimentation. Experimentation. Big word. (laughs) In other words, just do it. (laughs) I get people all the time saying, well, you know, I don't minister because I've never really discovered my spiritual gifts. And the first thing I say to them is, well, then get with it. (laughs) And then secondly, I say, that's the wrong way to approach this thing. Let me say this. It's easier to discover your spiritual gifts through ministry than it is to discover your ministry through your spiritual gifts. Think about that for a minute. It is while you are ministering that God will affirm what gift or gifts that you have. So, get busy. And as you are serving, ask yourself two questions. First, am I really enjoying this? Because if it is in the area of your giftedness, you're going to have a blast. You are actually just going to you're going to be fulfilled, you're going to be satisfied. It is going to just charge you to minister in the area of your giftedness. And then secondly, ask yourself the question, are others being encouraged by this? Because your spiritual gifts are meant to build up the body of Christ and to encourage others. So am I getting a blast out of this? Is this fun? It ought to be fun. And secondly, are others being encouraged by this? Built up. So the first thing God wants us to do with our spiritual gifts is to discover them. Number two, we need to develop them. We need to develop them. Once we've discovered our spiritual gifts, we've determined exactly what gifts God has in fact given to us. We need to develop them. We just play this out with you for a minute. What if you gave me a gift? All nice and wrapped up, you know, pretty little present. And I take that gift home and I set it on my kitchen counter. And I admire that package. Oh, isn't that a pretty package? Next week you ask me, so how'd you like your gift? Oh, it's beautiful. The bow, the wrapping is so nice. What a neat gift. Well, what did you think when you unwrapped it? What? Unwrapped it? Well, I, I didn't unwrap it. I mean, the package is so pretty, I, I just kind of enjoyed the package. What would you do? You'd probably choke me. You weirdo, you're supposed to unwrap a gift. Now, we all know that, don't we? Well, how do you think God feels when He gives us gifts and we never unwrap them? 
way God feels when we have been given by Him these gifts, these marvelous supernatural capabilities, and we have never taken the time to really develop them, to really unwrap them and to put them to use. I don't think that makes them real happy. Just like it wouldn't you if I never unwrapped your gift. See, our spiritual gifts don't do anyone, God, others, or us, any good if we never unwrap them. If we don't cultivate and develop them. Look at uh, these two Scriptures. Uh, 1 Timothy 4 verse 14 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift that is in you. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 says, Fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. See, evidently, Timothy had a problem. And Paul confronts him about that. He says, look, you have a gift that you're not using. You're neglecting that gift. You need to fan that gift into into flames. You need to get hot with that gift. It's time for you to unwrap that gift and start using it, Timothy. And Paul confronts him about that. Kind of gets in his face about it. Same with us. We need to be using our gifts. The warning is very clear. We must not neglect our spiritual gifts. We must not allow our spiritual gifts to lie dormant or unused. And so the second thing God wants us to do with our spiritual gifts is to develop them. Number three, He wants us to deploy them. To deploy them. I like the way that the contemporary English version translates 2 Timothy 1.6. It says, Make full use of the gift God gave you. Make full use of that gift. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 puts it this way. Each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So use your gift well. Use it well. Here's how the New Living Translation translates verses 6-8 through in today's text in Romans 12. It says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. So if God has given you the gift to prophesy, speak out when you have faith that God's speaking through you. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, do your best job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, then do it well. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you a leadership gift, then take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it joyfully. I think the whole point that Paul is trying to make here is that whatever your spiritual gift or gifts may be, then deploy them. Use them well. Don't settle for mediocrity, but go for excellence. Exercise your spiritual gifts wholeheartedly and with enthusiasm and joy. Do the very best you possibly can with the spiritual gifts that God has given to you. So the third thing God wants us to do with our spiritual gifts is to deploy them. All of which leads us to our final main point this morning, which is on the other sheet of your notes today. Twelve things I want to leave with you. I want to expand just a bit on some key principles. And again, I would normally teach what I'm teaching you right now in about four hours. I decided you probably didn't want to do that today. Especially since it's potluck Sunday and some of your stomachs are already growling. So I'm just going to go through this real quick. Okay, Take a few notes, fill in a few blanks here. Twelve important reminders. Number one, Every Christian has one or more spiritual gifts. Usually more than one. 
I call it a gift cluster. There's no such thing as a Christ follower without spiritual gifts. I wish I had time to develop that thought a little bit about the gift cluster. I told you earlier that my gifts are teaching, administration, and leadership. And it's interesting how those gifts interact with each other, by the way. (laughs) When you have a teacher who also has the gift of administration, (laughs) then you get this stuff (laughs) and this stuff. (laughs) You get all kinds of notes and stuff up on the screen usually. And, uh, you know, that's what the gift of teaching and administration, that's how they work together, you see. Does that make sense? Your gifts will do the same thing. They'll work together just like that. So every Christian has one or more spiritual gifts. You can look up those Scriptures later. Number two, God chooses who receives what spiritual gifts. That's God's choosing. It's not ours. He determines our shape by His grace and according to His purpose and plan. He knows just what you need to contribute to His purpose and plan. Number three, no one person receives all the gifts, nor is any single gift given to everyone. No one person receives all of the gifts, nor is any single gift given to everyone. Paul makes that clear in 1 Corinthians 12. You can read those verses later. Number four, the gifts given to a person are irrevocable. There's a big word. I-R-R-E-V-O-C-A-B-L-E. Irrevocable. You know what that means? You don't choose them and you can't refuse them. You can't say, God, I really don't want this gift. (laughs) Could you give me another one instead? I mean, no, He gave you that gift for a reason. You might question that at first, but eventually if you begin using that gift, you'll understand exactly why He gifted you the way He did. Number five, a person must be careful to never neglect the gifts God has given him or her. We talked about that earlier with Timothy, remember? You don't leave a gift unwrapped. (laughs) You don't let it lie there dormant. That's That's a lesson for those of us who have discovered our gifts in the past and maybe we haven't been using them. It's time to fan them to flame, folks. Start using them. Number six, no believer is any more or less important than another because of spiritual gifts. Oh, you need to hear that one. So clear, Paul talks about that in our text today as well as in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Each and every spiritual gift is just as important as another. Each and every part of Christ's body is just as significant as another part of Christ's body. We all have significance. Every one of us. Number seven. No gift should be emphasized over any other gifts in the church. No gift should be emphasized any over any other gifts in the church. First Corinthians chapter twelve. That's one misunderstanding, by the way, that I think has caused so many denominations today. Think about that with me. If you have a church, as we do in America today, whose total emphasis is on the gift of teaching, because that's what the pastor's gift is, 
Then everybody brings their big old Bibles under their arm with their notebooks and their journal. You've seen this. You've seen churches like that. And the guy gets up and they may sing a song or two and then he teaches or preaches for an hour and a half. Because everything's about teaching. I call it the Bible classroom church. Or if all the emphasis is on the gift of evangelism, we have churches like that. I call them a soul-winning church. Yeah, there's people coming in the front door, but they're going out the back door just as fast as they came in. Or if all the emphasis is on mercy and helps, those kinds of serving gifts, you have what I call a social conscience church. Think about that for a minute. Oh, they're really good about reaching out to the community and the world and doing things, food banks and you know, clothing shelters and all those kinds of things. But they neglect other gifts that are just as important. Well, if all the emphasis is on encouragement and hospitality, you have what I call a family reunion church. They get together every week and they just love each other, you know. And they lock arms and they sing Kumbaya, my Lord. I mean, you know, it's just a great place to be, but nothing else ever happens except they feel good about one another. Or if you have emphasis on sign gifts, hear me on this one, you have what I call an experiencing God church. But oftentimes other things don't happen there that ought to be happening because it's all about the signs. I think I've said enough. Folks, we need balance. All of the gifts being equally emphasized and exercised in one local church. Number eight, the purpose of a person's spiritual gifts is to minister to others. To minister to others. The reason we're gifted is so that we can serve God as we are serving one another. Number nine, the result of spiritual gifts properly exercised will be unity and maturity in the church. Unity and maturity. Maturity. A healthy body, a healthy local church is one where each and every member is doing his or her part. That's what makes us healthy. Number ten. All spiritual gifts must be exercised in a spirit of love. A spirit of love. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, I, I could speak with the tongues of men and of angels. I could heal. I could do all kinds of miracles in Jesus' name. But if I don't have love... It is nothing. Number 11. It should be Christ's followers' ultimate goal to bring glory to God with His or her gifts. It's not about self. It's not to make you look good. It's not about you at all. It's about serving God and serving others and it's about bringing glory and honor to the One who alone deserves it. And number 12. Each Christian will someday be accountable to God for his or her gifts. Accountable. Someday you will stand before God and God will ask you, what did you do with what I entrusted to you? Some people have gone, really? God's going to say that? Yeah. Read the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, for instance. Accountability. Shape for significance. This morning we focus on the S. How my spiritual gifts shape me. Each and every one of us as Christ followers have one or more God-given supernatural capabilities to enable and empower us to serve Him and one another in the church. And we need to discover, develop, and deploy our gifts in ministry for the glory of God. 
Now speaking of this life purpose of ministry, let me conclude today's first lesson with a question. Who's the minister here at Springville Church of the Nazarene? It's not me. It's not the church board, the leadership. It's you. You ever think about that? You are the ministers of this church. Ephesians 4 verses 11 and 12 says, Jesus gave different leadership gifts to the leaders of His church. Some He made His messengers, some His prophets, some His preachers of the gospel. To some He gave the power to guide and teach His people. These leadership gifts were given so that the church's leaders might properly equip the church members so that they, the church members, can carry out the ministry of the church. You're the ministers of this church. I thought about putting a sign where that exit sign is up there to remind you every time as you leave this place, you are the ministers of this church. Now, as you leave, that's where the ministry really begins. My role, you see, as a pastor teacher is to train and equip you so that you can understand that you are, in fact, shaped for significance. And the first part of you, your unique, one-of-a-kind, God-given shape, is your spiritual gifts. Well, if you haven't done so already, would you take a moment and tear off that bulletin flap, what we call a communication card? for everybody to do that today. Fill that out. Let us know that you're here, obviously. Share with us by checking any of those boxes that might apply so we know how to reach out to you and minister to you, whatever your needs may be. Share with us your prayer requests and your praises. Um, Down at the very bottom, my response today, well, you got a little homework. Because I could not squeeze four hours into a half an hour this morning. So, on your way out today, pick up two things. Okay, They're both back there on the lobby table. The first is the spiritual gifts test. Even if you've taken one before, take it again. Kind of renew and reaffirm what your gifts are in the Lord. And then, as a supplement to that, in fact, you'll notice they just keep right on going with the numbers. I've provided for you what's called spiritual gifts reference material, definitions and biblical references. Each of the 28 different gifts that are tested by this assessment are defined right here in this take-home page. And so as you take your assessment and you find out these are your gift, gifts, whichever, you can look up that gift in here You can look up this passage of Scripture that have to do with that gift, and you can see what a definition of that gift is in actual practice, how it works. Okay? So you got some homework this week. I'm going to do this again myself. And I ask you to join with me in doing that. I want to pray as we close this part. God, You are so awesome that You would shape us for significance. You've given us these spiritual gifts. Help us not to take that lightly. I pray if there's anybody here this morning who has not yet even really discovered what his or her spiritual gifts are, maybe they've never heard about this before, maybe this is new stuff to them, that you would uh, help them to discover and develop and deploy those gifts. Even this week, may this be a week of 
new understanding as they take this test and as they think about how you have shaped them by their spiritual gifts. And I pray that if there's anybody here today among us who has been allowing a gift to lie dormant, we've been neglecting that gift, we haven't been using that gift, that you would help us to fan to flame once again that gift and get on fire for you using that gift, unwrapping that gift and really using it for your glory. Thank you, God, again, that you've shaped us for significance. And a very important part of that shape is our spiritual gifts. May this be a church, Springville announced, where those gifts are exercised, each and every one doing his or her part. 